You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is friday super bowl weekend super bowl is here finally on sunday unfortunately as well because we'll be getting the end of the 2021 nfl Dennis and Matt are here. We are going to recap some of the recent coach news. We will talk, obviously, about the Super Bowl preview picks, talk about players, props, everything to get you covered on the Super Bowl. Uh, Gentlemen, how are we doing on this amazing Friday? I'm awesome. My 16-year-old is planning to buy a car. I'm terrified. (laughs) It's going to be crazy, you know. We're at that point, man. It's it's like it's it's been cool up until now, but now we're like this close to signing the title and getting in the car, and I'm like, oh shit, what's gonna happen now? It's starting to get real. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I I'm feel at... like with the way you said that was like that the meme of that dog <laughs> in the burning house. It's just like I'll be, I'll be fine. Everything's fine. I feel like I've been living that meme uh, well, this week, with maybe more than just one week, but definitely uh, every week. You know, I think my week can best uh, best be summed up by Wednesday morning when I agreed to go meet an outside group and get them set up at 7.30 a.m., 7.40. My colleague sends me a message. How was it? I'm like, right. Be right back run over there. And as I'm going, I found this great baby Yoda meme that said, I don't need to write anything down. I'm going to remember it. And right under it, it says the narrator. He did not remember. In fact, he forgot right away. And instead of sending it to that colleague, I sent it to my wife who wondered why I was sending her that. So (laughs) that's where my week's at. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I would say it's, it's just, it's not, it's been a, fun week we'll put it that way for everybody but the super bowl is here so hopefully we can have a good weekend you know gonna be a tough one for a lot of men out there if you haven't made any plans because obviously valentine's day right around the corner as well on monday if i remember correctly yeah, on monday it is super bowl on sunday so a lot of things to get done this weekend before we jump into all of that we are proud to be a part of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. 
What's uh Matt? What what's one of your favorite Super Bowl dishes? Is there anything you tend to prefer to eat? Something you like to have at the Super Bowl? I don't know if you go out. I don't. I'm old. I stay in. I just watch the Super Bowl at home. But is there anything like specifically you like to eat around the Super Bowl? Yes, yeah, so since we're uh since we had as as you and anyone who's had to suffer through uh, the early fall of my broadcast when they were tearing my house apart knows. Uh, we went through the house renovation, so we're inviting a bunch of people over, which means we have to finish cleaning and putting everything away tomorrow. But I actually ordered uh, food from this food truck turned uh, restaurant. They, they opened up a storefront out of a gas station. I'm so excited. We're getting some green chili. We're getting some breakfast burritos, getting some special spicy fries. Uh, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a good old time. No, I'm kind of a nacho guy myself, so I'll have myself a little nacho bar. Maybe get some uh, stuff from the some queso dip from the my favorite Mexican restaurant. But you know, I don't know. I I stay home. I when I first got sober, my sponsor used to always have a big uh, Super Bowl party. But I tend to be more into the game than most people I know. And so I don't want to have a lot of conversations with people who don't know football. So I tend to not go to parties. <laughs> it's so true, though, because if you go sometimes with casual people and they know that you are on the air talking about football three times a week, every play that happens, they want you to dissect. It's like, bro, I work this morning. I would like to just sit here and enjoy some Miller. I'm like, yeah. I'll be like, look. I don't ask you, like, how do you get the right amount of fries in the basket there? Leave me the hell alone. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a lot of fun with uh, Dennis exclusively partying with the McDonald's staff. When, because um, my other job, my day job, my you know, I feel like I do just as much work with some of the other stuff we do off of our day jobs. There's a lot of people who do do that, especially like during draft season when we're watching college football. And like, all I'm doing is I just want to watch the game. And they're asking me, oh, like, is there a guy should be watching this game? Maybe we're going to – I'm like, dude, just leave me alone. Like, I, I deal yeah, with enough of this during the week. Just watch the game, man. Watch the show on YouTube. What, that You want to know my thoughts? There you go. I'm not giving them to you now. All right, so let's – uh, I am legitimately excited, though, for the halftime show. What is it? Eminem, Snoop? Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. LaFly, and Snoop. And they're having five people who, uh, let's just say their genre of music probably isn't the FCC friendly. And they're trying to squeeze it. They said the show is going to be exactly 12 minutes. I don't know how it's going to happen. but Interesting. That's pumped um... to see. It should be fun. I I think this is going to be – I'm excited for this just Super Bowl in general. I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was – Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, who like now that Patty's been knocked down a peg or two, I kind of like him again. And Brady's retiring, and I love him again. But uh, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a really good Super Bowl. I'm I'm excited for this weekend. A couple teams that uh, are not at least right now fairly close to the Super Bowl, especially this first one. The Saints did make it official. They are hiring their former defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. Matt, what does this mean for the team? He has said he's keeping most of his coaching staff intact. So that might be good for the Saints, but we don't know who the quarterback of the future is. The defense was good, but then kind of fell apart toward the end of the season. Like, what do you think this means for the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I mean, they had massive offseason questions that don't have easy answers. Quarterbacks, one thing, you don't know what they're going to do with Michael Thomas, if he ever is going to come back to play again. I mean, it feels like it's been an eternity. Now, huge questions surrounding Alvin Kamara, so that pretty much leaves – your offense in kind of a pickle. They're also 70 million, I think, was it, over the cap, Um, which means that a lot of those great defensive players he had probably they can't retain. Dennis Allen's got a tall order, uh, you know, tall order in front of him. He was the guy that stepped up and was the interim coach when Peyton was out with COVID. Uh, He's been there for a while, has been a head coach before, not very successfully with the Raiders. He uh, two seasons and four games, if I recall. Um, didn't have a lot of success. He's had great success in different stops as a defensive coordinator. Um, the defense is arguably still going to probably be the best and most stable part uh, of the Saints team, but they, they've got to find an offensive coordinator. It's fine to say you're keeping most of the staff intact, but Sean Payton was kind of the architect 
of that offense. So without him, they definitely have a huge void to fill. And I'm going to be fascinated to see where they go in the draft. Yeah. You know, it's not a buzzy kind of hire. Um, And I feel like the way the NFL is evolving, it's skewing more towards offensive coaches and offenses. You know, a lot of the rule changes have neutered the defenses and defenses essentially now just have to make a big play here and there to give their offense an opportunity because it's, it's more about the offense. You know, the, there's with so many question marks, it's hard to tell. It I feel like I feel like Dennis Allen is is this year's David Culley. We know he's getting hired. Uh, we know we, we he got hired into a terrible situation. Yes, Mickey Loomis created a lot of it, and he's still there. So that's who's going to have to to kind of maneuver them out of salary cap purgatory. But I don't know how they get there and keep the team intact with contracts like Kamara's and, and Thomas's uh, Cam Hayward's getting up there and not Cam Hayward, Cam Jordan's getting up there in age. Uh, he's around 30 now and he's got a big contract Davenport. You know, they, they've got a lot of players with, with big contracts that is going to make it kind of prohibitive for them to bring in talent. It's going to be a rough couple years and Allen probably doesn't make it through it. Uh, it's kind of a tough break for him, but I guess he knows that going in and maybe the defense will continue to perform admirably and he'll keep hanging his hat there. And even though he loses the job because they don't win games, he'll get another opportunity to go somewhere and be a premier defensive coordinator. Yeah, that I kind of what you said about David Coley is what I was thinking as well. Like, I feel like this is just kind of that because it happened so late in the process. And I do think it was extremely unexpected. I mean, I know Sean Payton kind of let them know, it feels like almost a month ago now at this point, that he was thinking about stepping away and then did. I don't think anybody at the end of the Saints season thought that they were going to lose one of the better head coaches in the NFL. So I do think they were caught a little bit by surprise. And I, I do unfortunately feel like it, it is going to be one of those one year situations. And and they do. I mean, they, I believe the worst cap situation, right? Besides Green Bay. So they've got a lot I of things. I think they're actually happen. worse than Green Bay. Yo, yeah, they are. I mean, they're number one. I think Green Bay was number two, which is what made all this stuff with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So interesting. Uh, they're gonna, there's a lot that they're going to have to rebuild because we don't even know what's going to happen with Michael Thomas. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara right now with his legal stuff. Like that offense was not good last year. It's there's a lot of pieces. I think that defense is okay, but there's a lot of questions on that offense. And then they hired a defensive minded head coach. And I know that they're keeping the supposed quote unquote offensive coordinator on staff, but I'm pretty sure Sean Payton was at least for the most part calling those plays. So maybe he was able to learn a lot and pick up some things from Sean Payton and the offense won't change too much, but, uh, they need a quarterback, and they need some wide receivers. So it's going to be uh, an interesting transition for the New Orleans Saints. Speaking of transitions, Dennis, Kyler Murray seems to be unhappy in Arizona. I don't really love talking about the whole unfollowed on Instagram and Twitter crap, but he unfollowed, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals on on Instagram, deleted all of his Arizona stuff on there. There are talks about him going back to baseball, which I'm just going to be honest. If you guys know anything about baseball, that ain't happening based on what the rumors are, apparently, that he wants to be paid like $50 million a year or whatever. Like, well, what are your thoughts on him possibly being unhappy in Arizona? I think the only thing he's unhappy with is he wants them to say, we're going to pick up your fifth-year option and start negotiating a long-term contract. And he's using, by he, I mean his agent, is using the tools he currently has at his disposal. Disposal. He's saying, hey, let's do this. Let's put some pressure on them. Uh, maybe, they, maybe they will also extend Kingsbury because Kingsbury is his guy. Let's push them to make those decisions. They have to pick up that fifth-year option this, this year sometime. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the deadline is, but it has to be before uh, they start the fourth year, uh, fourth season. And I, I saw I, I saw on Twitter today too that the Cardinals have scrubbed their uh, social media as well. 
So it seems like the Cardinals are kind of playing hardball back. They're saying, okay, you want to pretend you don't like us? We're going to pretend we don't like you too. And eventually we'll get called down to the principal's office and we'll both have to write, we want to be, we will be good friends a hundred times on the chalkboard and they'll pick up the extension. They'll uh, in good faith set a time frame to negotiate an extension. You know, it's to me, it's, it's business as usual is, is kind of what it is. As far as I'm concerned, we can throw our arms up. Maybe something happens, but it's just, it's the tools he has to try to get the job done. I don't think he's getting Mahomes money. I don't think he's earned Mahomes money. I think he needs to accept that he can go to baseball, but I don't think he's it. I don't think he's uh, got what it takes. Also, you might want to threaten to go to something that has a little more stable security than Major League Baseball right now because we don't even know if there's going to be a season. Like, I'm just going to go play baseball. You'd be the only one. Are you planning to be a strike breaker? Um, it's so weird to me a little bit. Something wasn't right with that team down the stretch, but it felt like almost this whole – deleting and that he must be upset with them felt like it came out of left field a little bit pardon the pun but uh it you know i i don't remember there being a lot of rumors about him being upset maybe he's not getting along with them maybe they they're discussing a mutual parting um it's gonna be fascinating to watch it just i guess this one caught me a little bit more by surprise than some of the other ones yeah, I mean, uh, a lot like what we just talked about with Sean Payton. This kind of came out of nowhere. There was no signal whatsoever. Um, I do think it's more of like a backing his guy, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was the one who wanted him. That's why they took him number one overall, because they had Josh Rosen there. And we don't know that Josh I, – I still – as much as I was not a big fan of Rosen coming out, we still don't know that Rosen was never going to be able to be at least a decent quarterback. He's never even given a shot. He was immediately thrown to the side for Kyler Murray. If you know anything, and I imagine the Arizona Cardinals front office does know anything about baseball, like I do agree, I do understand what Matt's saying. Like they are still in a in a labor battle right now. They're not usually right now. Pitchers and catchers are reporting for spring training. They are not because the they have not signed a new uh, new labor agreement. The Oakland Athletics own the rights to Kyler Murray. They drafted him in the first round couple years ago they still own his rights he's not getting 50 million dollars anyways if he goes to baseball that's reserved for just like Patrick Mahomes it's reserved for some of the best of the best he can't get that he's going to get much like he is in NFL right now a rookie contract he'll be sent to double a or triple a because he ain't coming up to play in the MLB because he's not Michael Jordan and they're not trying to sell tickets. oh they might Oakland does kind of struggle sometimes to sell well, tickets, even but... Jordan ended up in the minors right well yeah he's going to start in the minors regardless my point is like baseball system is like 10 times more archaic than the NFL. The NFL, when they redid the rookie stuff, like now you have, it's either four years or five years, right? Depending on when you were drafted, he was drafted in the first round. So he he's got four years. They pick up his option. He plays for fifth year with baseball. You go into an arbitration process. And if you lose that, you get paid whatever the hell the team wants to pay you. There is no, you just get to become a free agent because you didn't go to the MLB when Oakland drafted you. They own your rights until they either trade you or release you. They still have his rights. So he's not going to become a free agent. And even if he did, he's not getting $50 million. So I don't think he has any leverage outside of saying, I'm just going to sit and not play football. And in which case... I think that hurts him more than anything else because I'm almost positive with, with the new agreement. If they sit, they don't get the accrued stuff anymore, right? He's still got to, he's got to play for, yeah. he's got to come back at eight, we eat, whatever. So I think it has to almost solely be a stand behind Cliff Kingsbury thing. And I do think that they'll probably get that worked back out, even though I have kind of come around on the whole, I'm not sure Kingsbury is as good a coach as he looks at times there's a lot of things he does that I, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe he's trying to force his way out of town, much like Russ Wilson was last year. I don't know if that happens. There's it's an interesting time. I mean, I'm all for player empowerment, but I, I don't know that he's got any at this point that that's kind of the hard part to figure out here. Uh, the hall of fame was announced last night during the NFL honors. Tony Baselli 
Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Brian Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil have all made the 2021 Hall of Fame. Uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts on the Hall of Fame class? Yeah, we don't probably have any, uh, one of the you know big marquee players. You don't have like a Peyton Manning going in or something like that. I was uh, a little disappointed DeMarcus Ware didn't make it in. Um, I, I loved him as a pass rusher. I thought he was great, both in Dallas and in Denver. Uh, Denver probably doesn't win Super Bowl 50 without him. Um, but it's, you know, it's an interesting group. Tony Baselli was a great tackle. Um, I remember Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, guys that were all on um, some pretty uh, solid defenses and part of some pretty great defensive units uh, that competed. Uh Nice to see Dick Vermeil getting in there and, you know, just coming shortly after uh, uh, the movie about Kurt Warner, where he gets to be played by Dennis Quaid, came out. I think it's a good class. It, and, and it's hard because there's there's no quarterback. That's your marquee guy is the quarterback. Uh, they're, they're, I don't know if I would keep any of them out. Like, I'm probably the old old. I don't know. I may be the only one old enough to remember Cliff Branch playing. Um, but man, the dude was he he was uh, he was phenomenal. Great deep threat, you know, playing with the Mad Bomber. It, it was you know he could get down the field, and he was him and Bolitnikov were a team as like Bolitnikov was was Cooper Cup, and, and Cliff Branch was. Uh, what Odell Beckham aspires to be. It was, it was phenomenal to watch those guys. I, I think that, you know, again, I, I kind of, the first question I ask when it comes to hall of fame is at any point in your career, did people say you were the best at your position? And I think by and large, I, I think so. I think Baselli would it have been nice for him to play longer? It would have, but there was a stretch there where he was considered an elite tackle. Um, and then he tore his shoulder up. Uh, Leroy Butler, he was he was probably an elite safety. Sam Mills, uh, he was a tackle machine. And for somebody who was 5'9", to have the career that he did and put up the numbers he did, it's phenomenal. You know, Bryant Young was dominating in the middle for so many years with San Francisco. Uh, it, it, it was really something to watch. So... Are there snubs? I mean, there's always going to be snubs. You know, I think Rondi Barber probably uh, should have got in. I, I think there's there was a time when you said Rondi Barber was, you know, there was three or four years there where he was the best cornerback in the game. Uh, Zach Thomas, I know a lot of people are pulling for him. He's got a lot of accolades. I, I think the hard thing with him is that with Jason Taylor there, I don't know that people ever really thought, Thomas was the best player at his position in the game. And I know him and Taylor were diff different positions, but they were both linebackers. Uh, Taylor played some defensive end. And, and so there was some, I, I think there, I think the argument can be made either way. I wouldn't begrudge Thomas being in, but I, I kind of see that uh, uh, I kind of see people getting, making the argument against him. Torrey Holt, you know, there's a lot of receivers from the greatest show on turf. Was he was he the best? You know, was he he was better than Oz Akeem, uh, but was he better than Isaac Bruce at, at any point? Holt was really, really good. I, I think he was great. I, I think it I think you can make the argument that he should be in. Heinz Ward is one that was left out. I don't know that I I don't know that you can make I don't know that I, he was ever considered the best in the game. At, at any point in his career. Probably to me, one of the biggest snubs was Willie Anderson, the tackle for Cincinnati. It, he was as good as Baselli and he played longer. I, I feel like he should have been in there, but it's a good class. I, I don't have any qualms with it, you know. Yeah, I think it's because of what you guys mentioned. There was no real I guess like headliner player that a lot of people were kind of, yeah, like they're there. Well, even not just quarterback. It's like, not just quarterback. Like if Calvin like, Johnson, like when he Torrey came Holt, in, like, Champ Bailey. Like Torrey Holt's been kind of waiting for a while to get into. Mm -hmm. Like there's some players I think if they had gotten in 
it would have like I don't have a problem with the class either. I saw a lot of people kind of talking about Dick Vermeil didn't deserve maybe to be in there. I guess his winning percentage was not great, but from everything I hear about just kind of like the person he was and everything he did around the game, I don't have an issue with him getting in. I, I remember him. So I gotta be honest. I don't think the person you are outside of the game matters. I, I agree. Mean, well, I'm sorry, but they said what he did, like in the game. What was it? Brought the obviously won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Was it Philadelphia? He won with the Eagles and the Rams. I and believe. the Rams. Gotcha. Okay. So I mean, just everything that he did in the game. Yes, they they did talk about what he was outside the game as well. What he did in the game, and I personally don't really have an issue with it. But that that's just me. I did see some people were were bringing that up, but yeah, I think it's more of just kind of maybe it's just like you're lacking that like high-end offensive star that that we've seen kind of growing up that maybe that's why a lot of people are not happy with it. He went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles, but they didn't win. Yeah, he won with win. the Rams. Rams, okay. So John Hansen this morning on Sirius XM brought up an interesting thing. He said he feels like a lot of the voters are like old and crusty and that there should be an influx of younger fantasy-oriented people allowed to vote for the Hall of Fame. He feels like that guys then like Tory Holt, like Reggie Wayne, uh, it would make their candidacies that much stronger because they would have a different perspective on what the performance was. Has he got a point? Uh, I mean, I'd be interested to see what fantasy people they pick to get in there to do stuff like that. I mean, imagine it'd probably have to be a, a someone like John. I mean, John Hanson's been around for a long time, but Bob Harris. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the Emil, you know, who, who've been around yeah. or Hall of Famers in the industry as well. I do think it'd be interesting to do that. I mean, I do think that at least from my perspective, because I was. I haven't probably been a football fan as long as others have. When I grew up, I was all about baseball and soccer. I did not get into football until later in my life when I was about 18, 19. So it's been uh, over a decade, but I haven't been a fan like for 30 or 40 years like some other people have. I feel like fantasy has really helped change NFL with the way it is. I feel like it's become a lot more popular because of fantasy as well. So I do think there is that side of it. But looking at it from like the old curmudgeon side of it, I don't think the NFL. It would. I think it's we're decades away from anything like that happening. I, I think that those writers would hold on to those votes to their deathbeds to, before allowing like a fantasy person to vote. Do you do you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I, I don't know if it makes a big difference. It feels like fantasy. We're looking for something so much more different too. Yeah, we're looking for points. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, Dennis. There's uh, no are, perfect system. Yeah, there, yeah, there really isn't. We are heading into the off season. What is one tool everyone can use to help improve their dynasty teams? Do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool for you. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to use those strengths and weaknesses to put together winning deals. Get yourself to the playoff. Trade away the dead weight. Get yourself some stars. The player shares tracker keeps track of your roster shift. Like, I'm way overweight on Brian Edwards. Oh, bad news there. Uh, and, and get exclusive rankings and so much more with the Dynasty GM. Use code ROUNDTABLE, all one word, ROUNDTABLE, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. All right, so let's talk about – what Super Bowl is this? 56. 56. I keep getting into – XBI. LBI. LVI, I about to say, I thought it was LVI. Yeah, I keep, I just keep seeing the LVI. I forget what it is. So, Bengals and the Rams. It does seem like this could be a very good game. Bengals finished the season at ten and seven. Rams twelve and five. Obviously, there's some pretty big holes on the Bengals side with the offensive line here. Matt, is that the biggest thing they need to kind of control to win this game? 
Yeah, I think for the Bengals, uh, the the big keys are going to be being able to get some running game going with uh, Mixon to keep their offense balanced and being able to protect Joe Burrow. We saw in the divisional round, they ended up giving up nine sacks to the Titans. They seem to have made some adjustments trying to get the ball out quicker, doing more short passing, which helped them against Kansas City. I think it's safe to say that Aaron Donald and Von Miller are more imposing pass rush pair uh, than anything they've faced in the playoffs so far. And the offensive line is still a weak spot for the Cincinnati Bengals. They've got to be able to protect Joe Burrow. And I think they've got to be able to try to shut down the Rams running game and to force Stafford into some turnovers. Um, You know, we've seen Stafford down the stretch of the regular season through eight interceptions over his last five games has a tendency to to let one get away. I mean, almost let one get away in the NFC championship game. Uh, if I had, yeah, Jaquiski Tart, if he could have held on to it. So, I mean, those are the kind of thing they got to take advantage. That's what they were able to do uh, against Kansas City. I think it's a very similar matchup here, a high-octane offense with some pretty decent pieces on defense. The Rams probably even a little better than what Kansas City offered. Yeah, you know, the Rams have a great defense. Aaron Donald in the middle. You know, Jeffrey Simmons, who – is a really good defensive lineman, but clearly not in Aaron Donald's league. Had three sacks of Joe Burrow in that Tennessee game. Tennessee sacked him nine times. Three of them came from their nose tackle slash defensive tackle. That's rough. Cincinnati's going to have to figure that out, or Aaron Donald is going to be uh, stealing Joe Burrow's lunch money all night long. Is it, you, you know, the thing is, is Donald is quick enough that even if they use uh, Mixon, that he can still affect the run game because he, he's got such good reactions. It's it's going to be really interesting to watch because Burrow is going to have to get rid of the ball, which plays to uh, C.J. Uzoma and uh, Tyler Boyd's skill set. But Uzoma's banged up. We don't know if he's actually playing yet. Drew Sample didn't really step into the receiving game with Uzoma out. Uh, two weeks ago, I'm pulling for the Bengals. I really am. But you know, the the thing, what they have going for them is swagger, and swagger only takes you so far. Being cool, calm, and collected, it's it's going to help him to be able to make decisions. But I feel like Burrow is going to take a ass whooping in this game, and he's going to have to figure out a way to make adjustments in game to keep them off balance and and maybe maybe Mixon is the key you know I I like Mixon as a running back a lot and maybe he is able to get past Donald in the interior of the line enough times that it's going to cause Donald to to pull back on his rush when he thinks it's a, a a running play and it'll allow them to set up some uh, you know get off not off schedule it'll allow them to keep them off balance with their run run pass mix. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be something to watch. I, I love what Burrow brings to the table. Um but it's gonna it's gonna be a big, big challenge. That offensive line for Cincinnati is gonna have to play their best game in the last two years. Monday, Ta- Taylor did say today Uzoma is expected to play. Yeah okay. he's expected to but like <laughs> how, how much practice have they got in I mean, Higby was expected to play too until today when they put him on IR. Yeah, I the the offensive line is is definitely going to be the key here. We've known all season. It's why you know we talked about that back at the draft, and I had I had Cincinnati fans coming after me after the Bengals made the playoffs because I tweeted that I thought they should have gotten Penny Sewell, and I'm going to be honest with you, I still do. It's not me saying that Jamar Chase was a bad pick because it wasn't. And nobody ever said, well, I shouldn't say nobody. I never said Jamar Chase was going to be bad. I did not believe in the drop issues and him not being able to see the ball because of the white stripe or whatever that other stupid crap was that was going on in the preseason. They needed offensive line to help protect Joe Burrow. That's going to be a big part of this game now. You can also, the other side of the argument is this offensive line has gotten them to the Super Bowl. So they've played well enough. They've not played a front like the Rams, though, in my opinion, at least not in the playoffs, is going to be a very good matchup. What is going to be key for me 
is can that defense play as well as they did in the second half against the Chiefs and keep the Rams close? Because I do think that they're going to struggle early on, and we have seen that the Bengals are a second-half team. They really turn it on and play very well offense and defensively in the second half of a lot of these big games. That defense is going to have to keep the Rams' offense close in that game like they did the Chiefs to see if the Bengals maybe can make some adjustments after seeing what Donald and Miller do. But I do think Darnold and Miller are going to be a Darnold. My goodness, I don't know why I have Sam Darnold on the brain. Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to be a huge part of this game. They're going to be, I think, a main reason why the Rams win or possibly lose this game. I, I, I believe in Joe Burrow, though. He's been here the the well let's I guess I'll save it for the Ram side but Joe Burrow has been in these tough situations he's been in big moments a lot of big moments including in college and he's come through Dennis on the Ram side I mean they were built for the Super Bowl right they have gone all they've pushed all their chips in the past couple seasons to get this Lombardi trophy can they do it can they complete that final step you know they have done ev- what the Rams have done, and this is an it's an you know, I talk about team building a lot, and I, t- I always talk when you're rebuilding, you build it from the inside out, you build the offensive line, you build the defensive line, you build build out, and then you add the add the quarterback last because a good quarterback is always going to cost you more in salary than any other position, and so you add that quarterback last. So the the Rams have built. They brought in Andrew Whitworth. They brought in some high-level offensive linemen. They they drafted Aaron Donald. Now they brought in Von Miller. They they've invested there. And now they brought they've got they traded for Jalen Ramsey. So they're super top heavy when it comes to talent. But they don't have a ton of depth. And so if they get injured, it, you know, we saw it last year where the Rams just they had injuries in between Goff playing subpar and injuries, they just kind of fell apart last year. They've had all the injuries they can sustain. They've lost Woods. Now they've lost Higby. The Rams can't really afford to lose anybody else. And I think that what they – they're built around pressure on defense. That defense gets pressure, and then the offense makes plays. I have concerns that – They'll get enamored with the passing game because you've got Matt Stafford and you've got Cooper Cup, you've got Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, and they're going to take shots. Cincinnati has a pretty good backfield. I know Eli Apple is suspect. He gets a lot of crap and he talks a lot of crap, but he's played well when he's had to. But the safeties, Bates and and Von Bell, they're, they're ball hawks. You know, if it was two weeks ago and the Rams were playing – Cincinnati, Bates and Bell don't drop that ball tart did, and the Rams aren't in the Super Bowl. Uh, so they've got they've got people, Sam Hubbard coming at it. So it the Hubbard Whitworth matchup is gonna be a great one to watch. You know, Whitworth is 40 years old, and I know he's still out there doing it at a super high level, but you know, he's getting up there. I, I feel like if if this may be his last game, if they win, he walks away with a Super Bowl title and the Walter Payton man of the year and Whitworth hangs him up. Uh, But Stafford has a tendency to make some questionable throws because he believes in his arm. And he, you know, I I think more than once this game, we're going to see Odell Beckham and Matt Stafford not on the same page. As long as it doesn't turn into a pick six or come in the end zone, causing crucial, you know, swing, swing of momentum the Rams should probably be able to overcome it, but they're going to have to be careful. Uh, You know, they're getting Henderson back too. Now they've got a three-headed monster in the backfield, which makes me nervous for my one playoff uh, team because all I have for running backs are Rams, and I really wish I didn't have to play all three of them. Yeah, I think avoiding kind of crucial turnovers that was one of the things that dog stafford at the end of the regular season that he has cleaned up for the most part in the postseason um but for me it's they need to play a consistent four quarter game um you know i've I've brought this up throughout the playoffs the end of the regular season we saw it they were they would play one dominant half and one half where it was like where did the rams go 
And sometimes in the regular season, that ended up biting them, and they lost a couple of the games. They've managed to weather it uh, when they've done it here in the playoffs. You know, they had a big enough lead that Tampa Bay couldn't come back, um, and they were able to to hold on there. They didn't let themselves get far enough in the hole that they couldn't come back against the 49ers, but they need to play a more consistent game. And I think it comes down to, you know, I think Sean McVay is the better coach. Zach Taylor has done a great job this year, but McVay has been a very big difference maker since the time he came to the Rams. And I think the three years that he spent thinking about that last time they were in the Super Bowl, he's been building up to this. So that's what I was going to say about the Bengals. That that is where I give the Rams a serious edge. We have seen that being having that Super Bowl experience matters, and a lot of the Rams players were here three years ago. And I understand Stafford wasn't, and they Von literally Miller have wasn't. a Super Bowl MVP on their team. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Von Miller's been there. He has not. He wasn't there with the Rams, but he's been twice actually. Right, Miller he's was been there twice, twice. Yes, yeah. So I mean, they a lot of their stars outside of Stafford have that Super Bowl, and Odell, if you want to consider him a star on the offensive side, don't have that Super Bowl experience, but McVay does, and a lot of that roster is including those defensive stars, and I do think that matters. I feel like this could be a, a thing where we saw, I know that they weren't in the Super Bowl in this matchup, but like the Chiefs and the Patriots a couple of years ago in that AFC Championship game where it was like back and forth that entire game, and it was just the Patriots just edged them out. It felt like they just had a little bit more things because they've been there so much. I do give the Rams a little bit of an edge there. I'm with you guys on Stafford. He's going to have to play a clean game. And Matt mentioned, you know, they, they've played inconsistently through, through halves throughout the season. I think their whole season's been inconsistent. Early on in the season, they look like a team that couldn't be beat. They bring in Von Miller, and you think, okay, the Ram, the you know everybody talked about that's Thanos getting the, the you know the Mind Stone right Gauntlet's complete, and then they struggled for like three or four weeks, then came back together again, then struggled again. So it's been a weird season for the Rams. They're gonna have to put it all together, and like I said, uh, with the with the Bengals, if the Rams come out on fire in that first half, but then struggle to put it together in the second half, well, we know the Bengals consistently play very good in the second half, it's going to end up coming down to the wire. And that's what I think is going to happen. I, I don't think this is going to be a blowout at all. I really think it's going to be a very close game. I think the Rams are getting four points. I am picking the Rams to win. Uh, I think because of the experience, I agree with Matt. I think McVay is the better coach. The reason it is so hard for me, I'm honestly is going to say he's a hundred percent because of Joe Burrow. I just, I've I watched him throughout college at Ohio State, then goes to LSU, does what he does there, and in a couple years has already done that for the Bengals. He is a baller. He is he is going to be the next best thing in the NFL, my opinion. He already deserves to be an elite quarterback. I think he's going to keep it close, but at the end of the day, I think the Rams are going to win. I'll be honest as well. I'm picking the Rams because I'd love to see Stafford get that Super Bowl and Odell. I, I'm still a fan of Odell despite everything that happened in Cleveland. I'd love to see him get that Super Bowl championship as well. So I am taking the Rams 27-24. I, I am also taking the Rams. I'm not uh, score picking. I didn't know we were supposed to score pick. So I, I just I thought about it, and so I had one that I thought I felt like that. Because I'm, I'm hesitant to pick over 30 because I feel like at least the past couple years, the last Super Bowls we've watched, everybody seems kind of hesitant to – be too aggressive early so i'm, I'm gonna go under but I, I think you don't have to that's i just that was my score i'm gonna give it so. yeah no i i like the i like the rams a lot i think i i agree with the um from the experience perspective you know you've got the the young gun versus the seasoned veteran gunslinger it's it's really a, a great quarterback matchup and so i do expect there to be points on both sides I just don't expect the Cincinnati offense to be able to weather the storm of the L.A. defense uh, as well as the Rams will be able to handle Cincinnati's defense. Um, you know, I'm pulling for the Bengals. I, I, it, I just think the Rams are going to win. I, I There's a lot of Ohio State, big Ohio State contingent on the Bengals. You know, you got Hubbard, you got uh, Isaiah Fault Start Prince at right tackle. Uh, uh, Eli Apple. Uh, Burrow is still technically, yeah, Burrow's still technically a Buckeye. So, so you know, there's a lot of Buckeyes, uh, Buckeyes there. And, and so I, I am pulling 
pulling for the Bengals, but I do think it's going to be a, a Rams victory. Yeah, I'm I'm also picking the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win. Earlier, uh, when I got asked, I, I was guessing like 30-21. Um, you know, and with Stafford being there and Eminem performing at halftime, it'll almost be like Detroit wins the Super Bowl. I will say one thing. I'm just just to be 100% honest, because I've told everybody else this, so I might as well just be completely upfront. I'm the opposite of Dennis, though. I would not be upset if the Bengals won, but I am not pulling for them because as a Browns fan, the last thing I want to do is see Bengals fans be happy. I want them to be miserable like me. So I just being well, 100% honest. Here, so, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'd love, like I said, I'd love to see those guys win. So before we jump into talking about DraftKings and some prop bets to close out the episode, I do want to ask, because we all picked the Rams. If the Rams don't win, is this any kind of indictment on Sean McVay and Matt Stafford? Nope. No. No? Okay. I mean, they did just get what they were supposed to do. They went to the Super Bowl. Sometimes it doesn't break your way. I mean, yeah, you, you can't win if, if you're not did. there. And this is the second time in the last four years. Well, second time for McVay, not for yeah. – Well, for the I mean, But, I mean, you can't – I saw somebody – post some knucklehead thing today that if the Rams lose, they should ask for their draft picks back from the Lions. You got Matthew Stafford so you could get to the Super Bowl. You got to the Super Bowl in a one-game elimination. Shit happens. Yeah, that's that's the the. – I'm just curious at what people think about that because you know I, I am not at all on this. I support my brother. You know there's going to be people who say Sean McVay dessert needs to be fired if they if he doesn't win it. And so I'm just curious as to what you guys, if that would be any kind of indictment on this week. Well, I mean, we've seen it on, on coaches who have done more than Sean McVay, if we're being honest. Like, I understand he's made the Super Bowl for two years in a row, but they haven't always had, or he hasn't, he's had success, but it hasn't been the rousing success maybe some Rams fans want it to be. So I was just curious if, if anybody had any different thoughts on that. I didn't. Huh? You know, thought I'd Maybe Dennis was going to come in with the hot take and be like, "If they lose, Stafford needs to retire and McVay needs to be fired." I don't know. I just no. That, I mean, honestly, if they fire him, Rams fans deserve to get Jeff Fisher back. If they fire Sean McVay, Kevin Stefanski, I appreciate everything you've done for the Browns. Get the hell out. Bring in Sean McVay to the Browns. Let's go. Baker MVP in twenty twenty two. Browns the Super Bowl. It's gonna be glorious. It's gonna be glorious. I mean the Ram the Rams have McVay and Sneed have have a plan and a type. Their plan is they're gonna use early picks to invest in elite players, elite veteran players, and they're not concerned about depth. They understand that injuries are random and they want the best players. And if the best players that get injured then you have to have whoever is next step up. And sometimes they don't, they perform well and sometimes they don't, but you get to the next year, you get your elite players back and you move on. So McVeigh as a head coach, just for reference, five years, 55 and 26 has never had a lot losing season has had double digit wins in four out of his five years. His worst year as a coach, he went nine and seven. Re- retire now and go to the hall of fame. I mean, it's not wrong. Dennis, tell us a little bit about DraftKings before we give you guys a chance to win some money with our prop bet picks. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. 
Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call one or excuse me, call 877-8467-369 or text Hope New York. That's, that's my favorite part of that read right there. Hope New York. All right. So let's go over some of these prop bets here. And we're going to start with uh, the famous one that everybody always talks about, the coin toss. Matt, going heads or tails? Heads. Dennis? Yeah. Who do you think, uh, I guess this one probably matters more on who you think wins the coin toss, but what do you think will happen first in the game, a sack or a touchdown? I'm going tails on the coin toss, by the way. Tails never fails. Always tails. I'm saying a sack. Uh, Super Bowl starts slow. Yeah, they they do. do. Yeah. So sack or touchdown? Sack or touchdown, what happens first? Yeah. Uh, I'm probably we're probably not going to get a return of the opening kickoff. So no. I think I, boy, it, you know, it's if Cincy wins wins the toss and defers and the Rams get the ball, a touchdown is a lot more likely than a sack. But if the Rams defer and Cincy gets the ball, I think the odds of a sack will go up pretty pretty sharply. Boy, it's it's a tough call. I guess I'll go I'll go with a sack. I'm going touchdown because of what you just outlined, Dennis. I think that the Bengals win the toss. They defer. Rams get the ball. They drive down the field and score. And all of a sudden it looks like, oh, shit, this is going to be Rams are the So the Rams are the visiting team, right? So they're calling it. Yeah, but they're going to call heads like you guys said. And the Bengals are going to win the toss because it's tails. Because tails never fails. Matthew Stafford passing touchdowns over one and a half. Taking the over. over. Under. I'm going to take the over. As am I, so that leads you to his two top receiving options, Cooper Cup over under 8.5 receptions. I'm going to take the under. Over. I'm going to take the over as well. Odell, 5.5 receptions. Oh, was that that was Cooper Cup? I'm taking yeah, Cooper Cup. Yeah. I, was, I, was thinking, I was thinking that was OBJ. No, taking the over on Cup. I'm taking the over still on OBJ. I'll so take the over I. on five and a half, but I'm taking the under on eight and a half for OBJ. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Uh let's see here. I was trying to see longest no total rushing yards for Cam Akers, who had struggled, I think is a fair way to put in the last game. Uh what was that? Sixty four and a half yards, taking the over under. Under. Under for me as well, especially with Henderson back. What will the first touchdown of the game be? A passing touchdown or any other taking the field? Interception, fumble, rushing? Pa- pass TD for me. Yeah, I feel. Same, same. Will either team score three straight times, yes or no? I'm saying no. I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I feel like a yes. I feel like the Rams are going to have a, a opportunity. I did not see this one. This one's a good one here from from you know the deal. Easy bet. Joe Burrow over 12 and a half rushing yards. So the one thing I'll say on that is I'm almost positive the NFL counts sacks negatively toward rushing yards, right? Like college? They do not. They not do not. Sacks, okay. But they do that count nail downs. But the, Ram, uh, the Rams are going to uh, be ahead, so there, there won't be any nail downs. I, oh, I actually don't so know if I, I take the over. I was, just listening to Howard Bender and Jim Bowden talk about this on my way home. So how many times has Burrow had over 12 and a half yards this season? Do you know? Is it four? I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing four. It's once. And it was last week. I think I'd actually take the under. I, I, he doesn't run that much. It doesn't, he doesn't run as much as we think he does. I, I would take the under actually. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the – hold on. I was trying to look at his playoff games, rush, yards. Yeah, so that's that Tennessee game where he was under an enormous amount of pressure, he only had five yards rushing. 
he even all three playoff games uh, combined, he only has 27 yards rushing. So I'm going to take the under. Yeah. All right. Which means he's going to come out of the gate with a 37 yard draw. Probably. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow passing touchdown, same as Stafford's one and a half, taking the over under. I'll take the over on that too. I'm going to take the over. I think he gets to two. This one is interesting to me, and I assume it's because we we all think Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both at five and a half receptions. I feel like that's an easy over on both, especially if the Rams get out to a big lead. Those are the two they're going to lean on. Well, you know, you have to – I guess you have to – Feel like where do you think the targets are going to be? Like how many targets do you think Chase is going to get? Eight or nine, probably. And especially so, if they get behind. Yeah. So I'm. I feel like the targets are going to be there, but the pressure I think is going to cause him to have to go short, and so either he's going, they're going to have to change what they're doing with Chase, as in not have him run so many deeper slower developing patterns or, you know, do more stuff closer to the line with him to keep Burrow from getting hammered. I feel like they're also going to be playing from behind a little bit. You know, it, but is it a T, is it a, not T, uh, Tyler Boyd game though, because he's their short guy. He's the one who takes all the, Close stuff. You're going to have Ramsey is going to be on probably Higgins or Chase by and large. Who's their other cornerback? Off the top of my head, honestly. Yeah. No or their slot right cornerback, more specifically, I guess, is probably the better question. I, you know, because I feel like as much as I want to think that even if Uzoma plays and he's, he's close to healthy, Darius Williams and David Long Jr. are the other. Top two. So Uzoma and and or Sample, when they're in, I think they're going to do a lot more blocking than they are pass catching. And so the majority, I, I feel like Burrow is going to be throwing the ball more, probably pushing 40 times because I do think they're going to be playing from behind. I'm going to give, I'm going to take the over on both of them. I'm probably going to, I'd take the over on Boyd for the five and a half too, probably. So I'm going to tell you, um, which is a little bit surprising to me. I'm looking at their their playoff um, splits. Chase had nine, Higgins had one against the Raiders. Chase had five, Higgins had seven against the Titans. They both had six against the Chiefs. I don't think both end up over five and a half because no single playoff game have they combined been more than 12. I'm going to say chase over Higgins under. It surprised yeah. me because I thought I would have thought I was looking at all of them and I'm like, yeah, dang. Yeah, I just I, I get what you're saying about the the chasing. I do think that they'll change that if they chase was phenomenal, especially with those screen passes and, and short passes in college. And I think that that's how they're going to have to attack the Rams defense. I, I do think that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow know that he's not going to get three seconds in the pocket with Don, with, uh, with, uh, Aaron Donald and Bob Miller coming for him. So they're going to have to design some plays. I'll be interested to see if they, I, I do think that they both go over just cause I, I, I feel like they're going to have to, especially we just mentioned there's a T chance, I assume we all think that if a team scores three times in a row, it's the Rams, right? That we're not picking yeah. up the, the Bengals. So if that's the case, they're gonna be in in flinging mode and burn But I still away. I still get the points if if the Bengals are the team that score three three times in a row. That's true. Get, that is true. That is that very problem. true. Yeah. Uh total rushing yards for Joe Mixon. Dennis, you know, you mentioned he could be the key in slowing down uh Donald a little bit. Sixty three and a half rushing yards. I'm going to take the over. I, I want to take the over. Uh, you know, the game script has to really be good. They have to they have to keep it close. Um, because if they don't, for some odd reason, they bring in Samadji P. Ryan as their passing back. Um, 
63 and a half. So the question then comes is, do we think that Mixon will be the leading rusher in the game? Because we all picked under on Akers at 64 and a half. So that, you know, that leaves Henderson and Michelle. Are we, do we universally believe that Akers is going to be the lead back? No. So I think we, it'll be split between Michelle, him. Is Henderson back? I don't. I don't even. Henderson, know Henderson was activated today. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be a mixture between all three. But but still, I mean, one of them is likely to get more touches and more snaps than the other two. I mean, they're not. I would be super surprised if it was like an equal split across the board. I mean, it could happen, but you know, twenty two, twenty two, and twenty two for the snaps and. Six, six, and six for the carries. That I would that would be crazy. Um, boy, mixing over 63 and a half. It's either over or under. I'm gonna take the under. I'm taking the under as well. Matt, you're taking me a under. long time ago. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. My bad. All right. So I, I was processing there. All right. Last, uh, last couple ones before we get out of here. First offensive play of the game, run or pass? Run. I think it's going to be a pass. I think going they're going to well. try to catch him off guard. I'm going all in on the, on the Rams getting the ball first, and they're just going to Cooper Cup. Even more, though, if the Rams get the ball first, they've been trying to pound and establish a run early. Yeah. Uh, total receiving yards, Cooper Cup, 104.5, over or under, Matt? Over. I'm taking the over as well. Jamar Chase, over. I'm taking the over as well. Over, under on his receiving yards, 80.5. Slight over. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to bet the over, but I'm going to take the under because I when I I'm do that, he goes off. As well. I think I'm going to take the under as well. I still think he gets his six catches, but I don't know that he goes over 80 yards. I think it's going to be a lot of the short game stuff, and Ramsey's going to slow stop him. Total turnovers, two and a half, over or under? I'm going to go over. I mean, both quarterbacks like to take chances. I'm going to go over, too. So am I, especially with the uh, unfortunate. Because that's total for both teams, well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. total turnovers altogether. Yeah, I think we could probably see a fumble at some point, maybe an interception or two. If you get an interception from each side and one person fumbles, that's it's, that's the over right there. Position of the Super Bowl MVP taking the quarterback or the field? I believe it's going to be Cooper Cup, so I'm taking the field. Hey, so did I. I did not think anybody else was going to go Cooper Cup. Uh I mean, it's his year. So I'm picking the Rams to win. I think it's going to be Stafford. I'm going to take the quarterback. I'm taking the field as well because that is who – I'm torn between those two because obviously we're all picking the Rams to win. I do think Stafford has to have a good game. And I think if he even has like a decent game, even if it's not great – like. It, even if he only throws for like 180 yards and Cooper Cup gets 130 of them and like two touchdowns, I think they're going to give it to Stafford because almost, I hate to say it this way, like a lifetime achievement award kind of thing because he's, you know, been the guy for so long and finally got to the Super Bowl and stuff. I think Cooper Cup's probably going to be the main reason the offense is good for the Rams and they probably win. That is who I am going to pick to win. Matt, you just, you agree with that? You think it's going to be Cooper Cup? Yeah, Cooper Cup, yeah. or uh, if I had to pick a wild card, Aaron Donald. I'd love to. So, see do you think it's going to be game. Cup because he got jobbed on the MVP? You think they're going to do a makeup? Thing? I just think Cup has been the power of that offense. Yeah. He's done incredible things. If he has another game where he catches ten or twelve passes for something close to two hundred yards and two touchdowns, they're not giving it to the quarterback. Even so, Stafford's not going to yeah. vote for himself. Like I know, I, I know that it traditionally, not traditionally, this year the Bengals have struggled against the tight end. I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name, Lang, Langdon or something like that. I don't know if their backup tight end is going to be that good with uh, with Higby out. 
I feel like if they move Cooper Cup around, he's going to end up having a big game. Blanton. Blanton, Blanton. Well, he, had, he had a great game when Higby he went did. out two weeks ago. He did. I think Cup is going to be the man. Because like, if he gets 150, even if he goes over just 104, he gets 110, 115, 20, a couple touchdowns. If Stafford has a fumble or a couple bad plays in the interception, in my opinion, you can't say he's the reason they won the game. Then it goes to a guy like Cooper Cup. I, I, I actually do agree with Matt. If the Rams do win it, I think it's going to be Cup or Donald. I don't know that unless staff. I mean, staff. Or will voters go but. way off the board and vote for Jaquiski Tart? They could. They could. Dennis, who is your pick for Super Bowl MVP? Before we get out of here, Super. Uh, I picked uh, Stafford. Stafford. I thought so. As as I was asking that question, I thought that's what you said. But just want to double check. All right, so that will do it for us tonight. Uh, enjoy Super Bowl weekend and Valentine's weekend as well with your loved ones or family. We'll be back on Monday to hopefully, hopefully recap Rams win because I just I don't know that I can stand Look, Bengals fans. Being if you're happy. looking to earn some points before Sunday, either grab the wife and go to the theater, or just turn on the Peacock app. And that movie, Marry Me, with Jennifer Lopez is out there. I took my wife on Thursday. She loved it. She said she's giving it all the stars. That is a way to earn some goodwill before Sunday. You have tonight. You have tomorrow night. Get it done. And if you don't, you're only sleeping on the couch for like a day or two. And I feel like the Super Bowl will be worth it. So, you know, just, you know, weigh your options. Either way, I think works. in, In other news... Uh, registration for the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton opened up today. Google that. Get yourself signed up. Come join us. We'll be there. Uh, You guys will be there. Lots lots and lots of fantasy football players and experts and podcasters and broadcasters. Some of the big names are there. A whole weekend of events going on. It's phenomenal. Bob Lung does a fantastic job with it. Yep. And it's supposed to be bigger and better this year, and it was a lot of fun last year. So I, I am excited for that. We've already got our booth set up. I cannot, uh, I cannot wait. Feels like it's just around the corner. So everybody, enjoy the weekend. We will see you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>